The following broadcast has been approved for elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drives, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on AtTheHive.com. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. We are live in the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. And I'm David Walker. This is a Star Wars spoiler-free episode. Another of one. Another. Yet another. They're all, actually. Well, we'll give it a couple weeks, I guess. Yeah, I think that's enough We'll time. give it a couple weeks for you guys to catch on and jump on board. You can jump on board with us on Twitter, at HiveTalkLive, and on the internet, at HiveTalkLive.com. Yeah, you can listen to us live every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. right here on HiveTalkLive.com. Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app, David, that's short for application, to get shows uploaded to your mobile device of choice. And with that, I say, let's swarm Charlotte. All right. There was a holiday Hornets homestand here that we really have to recap. A a lot happened. The Hornets lose to Boston again. Mm. Didn't really make the adjustment that they needed to. Fell 102 to 89. Followed that up with a victory, though, against the Memphis Grizzlies, 98 92. And then finally, last night, again, it was it was a victory that no one was going to say, "Oh, that's a good victory." But it was it was certainly a situation where had the Hornets lost, it would have been a very bad loss. But they don't. They get the win, 108. 98, you know, of course the storyline for this Lakers game is going to be Kobe last time in Charlotte, TWC arena, chanting Kobe's name. It was about 50-50 Hornets fans and Lakers fans. Kobe fans. Yeah, I saw I saw a K. Bryant number eight Hornets custom jersey? Hornets jersey walking to the arena. I got it out of the way early. I don't hate. I'm just. I don't hate it. I don't hate. Wait a it. minute! It's gonna be, no, <laughs> no. It's kind of. That's one of like. I want a Rashid Wallace uh, Atlanta Hawks jersey because he played for uh, three hours in Atlanta. Okay. So that one makes a little more but sense. He, but it, that one makes a little bit more yeah, sense. No, no, no. I mean, this one makes zero. But you want it? Why do you want it? No, I don't want it. I just don't hate it. Oh. I mean, I get it. It was probably look pretty cool, right? No, <laughs> it, it was a new jersey. I should have, it wasn't I should even have like gathered a, by your first reaction that you were going to say no. Oh, just it was so, not cool. A new jersey? Yeah, right. Because so it was new, like a new, custom. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't a throwback. No, I don't even know how you would get that made. I guess I would not have hated that because that would have taken some effort. That would have taken some effort to have that like hand stitched yeah. or something. Yeah. By the way, got to shout out our producer, uh, Katie the Grady for uh, giving me a Jamal Mashburn throwback jersey mm. for Christmas. How was your Christmas, by the way? Good Christmas. I got some game shorts. So, like mm. we were saying, between the two of us, we'll have a full on-court game day outfit yeah, that Buzz, we can share between the two of us. That's right. We'll have Buzz City Nights. It'll yeah. just be on one of us one of us, yeah. and the other one of us. Okay. <laughs> Christmas is good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so I got the Jamal Mashburn. It, this was like a jersey that was made back in the – 2000s early early aughts was Not, this an ebay purchase where how'd she track this down etsy Whoa, okay and it was the only hornets jersey that this guy had anyway 
I hope everyone had a great Christmas, holiday, spent a lot of time with their family, all of that good stuff, ate a lot of good food. I, um, yeah, I had a great Christmas. Um, and, and I'm glad that we got back from the Christmas trip and the Hornets got this victory. Big victory because, over the Lakers. yeah, holiday homestand still going, Doug, because this is still the holidays. And we're in here yeah. grinding, though. We're in here grinding just for the Hornets people. That's right. Um, but fans. one more game tomorrow night. You know, we said, or I said, last time you wanted to be three and one coming in in this homestand, you would have been in good shape had you not, you know, laid a big old turd in the the Celtics game. I just, the only way, I don't know how else to put it. I was at this game. It was, it was the first game of the season for me. Um, This one? Yeah. The Celtics. Oh, the Celtics. And uh, maybe the worst, maybe the worst played game of the year. It's it's up there. I feel like you may have been responsible for that. Uh, that's why I'm not going well, anymore. And it, and it was a different kind of loss, right? Because the the first loss to the Celtics really had a lot to do with Isaiah Thomas, his ability to get into the lane. But Isaiah, in this game, 3 for 10, it was really Kelly Olynyk and Jay Crowder, their bigs, basically running past the Hornets' defense. It was bizarre how out of it the Hornets looked on all angles. Even as bad as they played, they were in it. I mean, they were in it until the last couple of minutes. They, I mean, they had to make some things, had to have some things go their way, but yeah. they were still in it. But I, they just couldn't do it. I think when you when you look at this part of the season, or when we look back on this season, I think we can point to this particular moment in time and say this is a part of the Hornets' season that seemingly every NBA team goes through. Sure, a crossroads, except for like the elite teams or or the lucky teams that don't have injuries. But it seems like almost every NBA team goes through a point in the season where they have to refigure out how they want to play basketball. They have to either make, an, make a major adjustment, be that injury or play style, or they just have to get back to what made them successful at the beginning of the season. And I think that's what the Hornets are kind of doing a little bit of both. They're trying to stop the turnovers, get more points in the paint, which they accomplished against the Lakers. It, let's see, uh, 54 points in the paint against the Lakers. Compare that to 34 points in the paint against the Celtics and 22 points in the paint against the Memphis Grizzlies. So they're getting back to those things, but they're also trying to refigure out how to get Al Jefferson back into this mm-hmm. lineup. We're going to talk more in depth about that with our guest on the Hive Talk Life hotline just a little bit later, uh, uh, Michael Kasky blomain writer for Queen City Hoops dot com but i think this two game winning streak you can call it a streak it's more than one is hopefully a symbol of what's to come and that's that they've refigured out what is you know going to make them a successful basketball team moving forward yeah i was thinking in that celtics game it would have been nice to have al back for that one but i mean given the way he played in his return maybe not i mean he i think he only scored two points in what 18 minutes or so but um you know the good thing coming out of that and you've seen it over the last three two or three games frank kaminsky has gotten some some minutes, some extra minutes, some extra playing Played time. Played well against the Celtics. Played well against the Celtics. Really looks like that guy that you saw at Wisconsin his senior year. Um, much more aggressive inside the paint, uh, going towards the basket, trying to get those shots. He's He hasn't been afraid to shoot that three for much of this year, so that's still there. But, I mean, he's being he's becoming more comfortable. It's, the game's slowing down for him a little bit. So if there's a good thing to come out of this uh, time without Al, it's certainly that. 
And I think that, you know, you've got the Clippers coming in here tomorrow night. Certainly not a, a uh, unflawed team at all. You've got the return. Be without Blake Griffin. That's so that good, helps. That's a good that thing. That helps. Um, Lance Stevenson return game should be interesting. That's going to be another big story. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to make a bold prediction here. The, the response for oh, Lance man. will be a, a little less on the positive side <laughs> in, in comparison to Kobe's. No welcoming. Lance chance. Maybe well, maybe some chance, but there yeah, may probably. be some chance, but it won't be Lance. Well, um, yeah, and that, uh, you know, we'll talk about Lance a little bit in our in our look back at 2015. But uh, that's a that's a that's a winnable game against a, what is I think still is a quality Western Conference team. But they've had issues all year without Blake Griffin. That's one that that you can attack them and win. So that'll be an interesting game to see. And maybe you can continue to get Al Jefferson back in the swing of things, shake off, uh, knock off some of that rust that he had from sitting out those games. Yeah, and that will send them into that will send them into January. That will send them into the new year. And you know, if last season was any indication, if they can repeat some of this, or or I guess what will be last year in 2016, it's always confusing around this time. I sign, you know, I signed 15. I'll be signing 15 on checks. You know, for at least. Two months into 2016, yeah. um, but they started January very well last season. So hopefully they can do the same thing. And and the, unfortunately for the Hornets this season, January will include two four game road trips. Mm-hmm. And really, a lot of road games. We'll leave only four or five home games for the Hornets. And we've been saying it on the show that the Hornets have to squirrel away wins. So they've got one more opportunity against the Clippers. You know, Chris Paul's been playing out of his mind. I did pull up some stats here. I did He's do, dunking. He's dunking on fools. I did do some homework here. Okay, here's. The, I just want to read some stats from his last four games, okay? Last four here. 32 points, 23 points, 19 points, 23 points. He's shooting, uh, let's see, 58%, 58%, 50%, 45% from the field. He's got uh, double-digit assist in two of those games. Five rebounds in three of those games. I mean, just crazy. I mean, he is he is out of his mind right now. So I don't know if the Hornets really are are capable of stopping him. Maybe possibly containing him, or at least you have to force him into a, a more inefficient night. I don't even know if it's possible at, at this time to get him into a completely inefficient night. But maybe a three and ten night where he goes to the line a little more. Would be yeah, more... and I think you got to hope the other guys don't pick up the slack for Blake Griffin, J, uh, JJ Redick. He's there's nobody else injured for them right now. I don't think is there other than Blake. I don't think so. So I mean, and Redick's had a pretty good year. Um, it's interesting. There was a link, and I'll try to find it here today. There was a breakdown of when the Clippers play without either Blake Griffin or Chris Paul. They actually have a pretty good record. They actually play pretty well. Um, so you know, you're still going to get their best shot. Tomorrow night playing at home is certainly helpful, but Chris Paul seems to always, always play well against uh, what. It's not really his former team, really. It's, there's so many, there's so many entanglements. Yeah, it's too hard to figure yeah. out. That's the other thing with this Kobe thing, right? Like, uh, no, I don't want to talk. Mean, I, don't listen, want, like, I don't want to talk. We understand. About, I don't talk about we understand that the the team that drafted Kobe <laughs> is no is not here, right? Like. That was. I mean, I get it. The Hornets are. But, it's such but Kobe a, would not. Listen, Kobe would. <laughs> Kobe would have been a dumb conversation. I hate it. I honestly. We. I think. I feel like this has been decided. The Hornets did not draft Kobe no, no, Bryant. No, they didn't want him. I mean, Kobe was mad. 
No, no, that's not. I know. No, it was set up. listen, you're spreading false information. <laughs> no. I won't have it. No, I know. He, no, the Hornets traded the pick before Kobe fell to 13. Right, for Vladi. Had set up. Yeah, exactly. They were a team that wanted to make a move, you know, to get in a better playoff position. They didn't need really a game changer, and no one knew. Everyone can act like it now that Kobe right. was going to be a guarantee. No one, no, this was before. This was like right on the start of high schoolers being a thing. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm totally with you. It's just funny. And it was, it was kind of funny to see all they those. selected Kobe Bryant for the Lakers. They did not draft Kobe Bryant. You saw the artwork. That's it. You know, there was artwork. There's kind it. of a cool. This is, I think this is cool in the way that this custom Kobe Bryant jersey was cool. <laughs> like there was some Bleacher Report art about Kobe. Had he stayed with the Hornets and, you know, saying goodbye it's just like but he would have been in new orleans <laughs> like if that would have remained the same you know what i mean like he wouldn't have been here yeah so anyway uh we got some a lot of twitter action and i love it uh matthew uh, longtime listener of the show asks a very important question uh you still write checks yes there are certain instances where check writing is okay i feel like when i uh pay like plumbers or electricians or or people, I just there's certain instances where I feel more comfortable writing a check as opposed to write or you know using a, a credit card. Listen, kids, it's important to know how to balance. <laughs> I don't the bat. No, I don't balance. Okay. I don't balance the At check. At least write a check. Oh, yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll get to some more Twitter thoughts here in, in just a moment. And again, coming up at. Six fifteen in about uh, just a minute. We're going to talk about some players' New Year's resolutions. We've got some ideas for Hornets players what their New Year's resolutions should be, and then also we're going to talk about our favorite moments of 2015. Tweet us that at Hive Talk Live. Your favorite Hornets moments could be last season, could be this season. Your favorite moments from 2015 as we get ready for 2016, and of course we're going to be talking about Big Al Jefferson, his return to the lineup, off the bench, with Michael Kasky-Blomain from QueenCityHoops.com. I did want to talk about one play, and I tweeted the play out, and I believe our wonderful producer is going to get this link back out so you can see the play. But this was a very odd play to me, and I talked about it with our friend Austin Peters, who comes on the show. He writes for AtTheHive.com. He's a coach. He's seen a lot of basketball. So essentially what happens in this play, for those that haven't seen it on, on our Twitter page, is it's a it's a horns setup. So you have Frank and Al Jefferson both coming up to set a screen for Kimba Walker. And mm-hmm. Kimba can choose between one or the other. The weird thing about this play is that – have you seen this, David? Have you seen the, the thing? You know, do you ever get on our Twitter? I don't know. Anyway. You still write checks? No. <laughs> um, no uh, I, so they, I, they, keep going. They keep grab going. each other's arms. They're not locking arms, but they form what I called an overpass or or a WWE like tag team clothesline right. formation, and it was just the oddest thing. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, it sounds like something in in like soccer when they're lining up for penalty kick, right? Don't they sometimes join arms? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, not join like not lock, but they okay. like grabbed each other and formed like a. I don't want to like go Stan Van Gundy here, but they formed an effing wall. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Kobe or uh, Kobe, Kimba, uh, Kimba decided to go around both of them. So it didn't really matter. It didn't affect things. Obviously, it was like a jumbo screen. Maybe. But had the defender ran into their arms, it would have been an automatic offensive foul. 
So all I can think, and this was designed, it had to be designed. I've watched it a million times. It's like the Zapruder film for me. <laughs> and, and all I can think is that it, it's a tactic to get the defender to think for like a half second. Let, turn around and he sees these two giant arms coming for his head. I can't go there. Yeah, exactly. And he just waits a half a second because I think in that moment you're so frazzled and it's something I can't, I, I've ne- I've never seen it so I can't imagine that a lot of offensive play- or defensive I don't think players I saw have that. seen it. I don't think I saw that. I'll get to the Twitter page. I what, rarely what? catch these things in the middle of a game. Yeah, and I just saw this. It was so odd to me that I had to go back and watch the film. And and I like I said, all I can think is that it, it to make the defender think for just a half second and it worked. Kimba you know, blew right by him and it didn't result in a foul. So, and they released it as soon as the defender turned around, they released arms. It was hmm. beautiful. It was weird basketball, but it was beautiful. Wow. I think that's some, Is I, your favorite I just, thing of 2015. It might make it because it's just a, it feels ingenious. And of course I'll, I'll find out someday that, that it was all just a weird accident. I will never see it again. Yeah. But I want to believe that it's some ingenious piece of defensive. Maybe it's a new way. Maybe maybe every, maybe everyone's we, start listen, doing this. We've, we we're um, yeah. I, I think it's all about adjustments and trying to figure out ways to to show teams something that they've never seen before. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Oh, you're finally looking at it. Great. I don't. It's no. It's on. It has to be. No, you don't just like grab. You know, that's a formation that they run over and over again. Like they know. Unless, 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 um, I don't know. That's a good one. Unless Al is trying to pull Frank over to him or something like that. I don't think so. It's not because it's not an elevator doors type of situation. It's, it's clearly like a horns set. Yeah. And they form. I don't know. I'm telling you, they, they just, all they needed was a set of three ropes and they just could have bounced off and. That's exactly the, what it is. Won the match. That would have been an easy. That's an it. easy pin. That's one. That's one, two, three. You're done. Whew. That's a finishing move. <laughs> All right, we got to get to the. We got to get to these New Year's resolutions. We're sitting here messing around talking about WWE. Anyway. All right, yeah. we're about to be in 2016. Have you made your New Year's resolution yet? Do you do that? Do you believe in that? I have not made them yet. No. Okay. I don't normally make them, but I. I think I have. I have one. I, I'll. I'll tell you when we get done talking about what we think the Hornets players New Year's resolution should be. I want to start with you and to get you in the mood, David, I've got a little music for you. I want to spin a track. Is that what the kids say now? They want to spin a track? Yeah, drop it. I'm going to drop this track. It's by a man. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Kenneth Kenneth G. <laughs> mm, it's good. It's Odd Lang Zion. <laughs> All right. I know. Your I know. first yeah. <laughs> you're familiar. That's so smooth. It's so smooth. It I never goes. I don't get yeah, enough sleep to listen to this. For it very always long. it always goes down smooth. All right. So first, first Hornets New Year's resolution is for my main man Spencer Hawes, and that's going to be no more, no more, no more floaters in the lane. No more floaters in the <laughs> lane. Stop the floaters in the lane. Uh, they're fun, you know. Yeah, they're good for a, a good GIF. On the internet, oh, don't tell me it's <laughs> GIF. <laughs> but uh, we're fine. We're not- it took it took all of 2015, but we're finally disagreeing on things. But uh, <laughs> well, you're not disagreeing with this resolution. No, I think we, it's we, probably we, a good we need idea. no more Spencer Hall's lane floaters. I feel like it's lives. bad for his back. He's got a back injury right now. 
It's Maybe bad. It's needs- bad for the backboard. It's bad for his back. <laughs> it's uh, we love Spencer. Yeah, though. we love we we kid because we care. Uh, Nick Batum, I'm going to give him a New Year's resolution. This is a serious one. Just get, get back to cutting to the basket. And mm. I think he knows that. And I think the, that Clifford has made remarks about it in post games that they need to get back to cutting to the basket. I think that once Al Jefferson gets more acclimated and gets back into the starting lineup, you'll see more of that. Because Nick and Al worked really well together early in the season. And yeah. and he provided some great give and goes to, to Al Jefferson. So I think we'll see more of that in 2016. I think that's definitely a good resolution for Nick Batum. You got one more? One more for our, my other main man. All these guys are my main dudes. Um, okay. Jamie Lynn. Okay. We're sticking with the Mohawk. Okay. We're, we're going to just, just just the Mohawk. Right. The rest Head of the down. season, let's Mohawk it up. No disrespect to the other hairstyles. I have enjoyed the variety, but I think we can all, all agree there's a little more pep with the Mohawk. Yeah. Are you it, with well, me? Yeah, it's aer- I think it's aerodynamics. I think it comes down to pure science. Yeah. I mean, He's, he said he was going, there was a, there was an end game in mind for this thing. And apparently, like, he went in with a bunch of his friends. They were all growing their hair out. Yeah. For some, I something. Think, yeah. Some surprise. Maybe we'll find out on New Year's Eve. Maybe, uh... Maybe that's it's, it we're, we're all watching Jeremy Lin's hair drop. But until then, <laughs> let's just stick with the, with the Mohawk. It's fun. Okay, my last one um, is going to be Al Jefferson. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> let's be careful. Well, listen. He's already lost weight. Okay. Yep. yep. It, it's it seems like he's, which is actually even more impressive. Yeah. Knowing it, now what we know. Well, it seems like he's made a pledge to stop smoking. So that's a normal one for people, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm saying for Al Jefferson, don't sweat the small stuff. Just, just get, don't don't worry about one for four in in both of these games. Just nah. get, just just reacclimate yourself. Take your time. Plenty of games to go. Plenty of miles to go. Plenty of time to showcase your talents. Just don't sweat the small stuff, man. Just don't get don't get don't get in. yeah don't get upset if if the ball doesn't come your way just yet because it's going to because the Hornets offense needs Al Jefferson there's no need to do a cannonball you can dip it you can come in take the stairs in the water's warm I like it uh you know what North Carolina's number one New Year's resolution is enjoy life to the fullest that's a little bit of a cop out North Carolina enjoy that's, that's life the, that's the that's official the number well that's the number one amongst they they pulled five that this is from Charlotte Business Journal they pulled five thousand North Carolinians I mean, enjoy life to the fullest. That's come on. That's yeah. Get in the gym. Like yeah, you, give you me can something en- concrete. Look, you can enjoy life measurable. anytime. Exactly. That yeah. Let's exactly. Set some goals, people. This is this is a financial. This is yeah. The Business Journal. Yeah, we need we need these people to get concrete on us. All right. Those are our New Year's resolutions for Hornets players. Tweet us yours. We'd love to hear them. We we'll read them uh, near the end of the show. But first, waiting patiently on the Hive Talk Live hotline is our man. Michael Kasky Blomain from QueenCityHoops.com. Mike, what's going on, my man? Fellas, how are you? Happy holidays. Happy to be back on. Good. Do you have any New Year's resolutions that you'd like to share? Uh, I just want to enjoy life to the fullest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too, man. Come on. 
All right. Now, uh, my my one my one is I'd like to read a little bit more. I'd like to I'd like to read some more books. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I try to read a lot in general, but uh, it's you tough. Know, if, I, if I am going to put one one concrete one down there, that that would be my resolution. It's tough during the basketball season, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, other than reading about the games and watching them, there's not not a whole lot of free time. Uh, You want to know my honest New Year's resolution? I mean this wholeheartedly. I want to do an open mic night. I want to do like a a comedy little set. That's a bucket list type thing. Yeah, I want to get up on stage and just break break the barrier. Just do it. I've thought about it for a long time. Anyhow. Let us know when that is for sure. (laughs) I'll tape it. I'll play a clip on the show. (laughs) All right, well, we brought you on here, uh, uh, Michael, to talk about... Big Al Jefferson, he he said, you know, I, so I was looking at this. I did a little bit of a, a stat dive here. Uh, and so we all know Al Jefferson around this time last season, or, or I guess around January, he sat nine games. And when he came back, he came off the bench for four contests before Bismack Biombo went down with a knee injury. And that reinserted Big Al into the lineup. But in those first few contests that Big Al Jefferson was able to come back from injury, he was getting 25 to 30 minutes and about 11 to 16 touches per game. So he was getting a lot of action. He's now two games into his return from a calf injury and a five-game drug suspension. He's played 18 minutes and 15 minutes, respectively, and has only gotten four attempts in each contest and not many more touches apart from that. So what have you seen so far in in this return, Mike? I mean, is this something to be concerned with? You know, I don't know if it's to the level of concern yet. I've noticed two uh, distinct factors, uh, you know, as far as him in the two games since he's been back. Uh, you know, I think he looks a little bit rusty just uh, game shape-wise. You know, I feel like he's a little bit uh, late on making, you know, some decisions, as, like, you know, as far as putting the ball up toward the hoop that he would normally make. Uh, and I think also you're seeing kind of the, the shift in the Hornets' style of play you know, affecting him, he's, you know, more uh, accustomed to playing with the starting lineup and especially, you know, with Kemba, who, you know, he's kind of developed a, you know, relationship with on the court over the past couple of years. So I think it's a, it's a combination of him kind of adjusting to playing with, uh, you know, some of these uh, newer bench guys that he hasn't really had a lot of experience playing alongside and just the, uh, you know, missing 11 games. That's, that's like an eighth of the season right there. It's always going to take, especially for a big guy, and a big guy in Al Jefferson, you know, it's going to take a little bit of extra time to, you know, kind of get back into the flow of the game than it would for uh, maybe a guard. So, you know, I don't think it's to the point of concern yet. Uh, you know, you'd like to see his minutes go up. As you, you mentioned, they, they've been under 20 both of the two games. Uh, I think once he gets his stamina back and his feet underneath him a little bit and those minutes probably will, you know, creep up into the 20s and the mid-20s, uh, you know, you'd hope to see a little bit more consistency from him there. If not, then, uh, you know, then a few games down the road, I think we could start talking about, you know, a genuine concern. Yeah, you mentioned that factor of coming off the bench, not playing with the starters, which I think is an important one to remember. I'm curious, though, I mean, what do you think – and your is your feeling obviously none of us probably know at this point but it seems like if he's going to be back with this team it would be in a in a role that would be like that perhaps you know playing less minutes um maybe coming off the bench do you think that is you know part of the future is this part part of the season kind of a audition for for both sides to see how things work and make a final decision on what they're going to do at the end of the year i mean how do you see that playing out past this year 
Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. Uh, in a, an addition, uh, you know, I think a lot of Al's future in Charlotte will really depend on him personally. Uh, you know, whether he really wants to stick with the team and is kind of committed to you know Charlotte and building up into a winner, or if he would potentially be inter- interested this summer and seeing if he could you know catch catch in on potentially one last you know big big money contract with the new. Uh, the television money coming in this summer, you know, he's 30, uh, 30 or 31, I forget, but, you know, it might be his last chance at a, a pretty big payday. But uh, as far as uh, on the court wise, I do think that, you know, what we're seeing now is kind of a preview of, of things to come. I, I mean, I think the, uh, <clears throat> in the past couple games since he's been back and, you know, the, the whole time he's been on the bench, I thought that, you know, Cody Zeller done a pretty, pretty remarkable job of filling in for him. I mean, obviously there's holes in his game, but, uh, you know, just watching him, even last night uh, in the Lakers game, there was a couple, two or three plays right in the first half where Zeller just made really nice, uh, you know, rim cuts, back doors, or like off screen and rolls that just, you know, provide a whole new, uh, you know, angle to the Hornets offense that just fits really well with how they're constructed now. And, uh, you know, it's just a tempo that they don't really play at with Big L. And I really think that that's, uh, you know, kind of the, the direct direction that the team wants to go moving forward. And, you know, Al doesn't necessarily fit into that structure. And I think, uh, you know, if he were to remain with the Hornets, it would be kind of, a, you know, a, a spot role where he would probably, you know, be, have a bench role and would see his minutes would probably depend on the matchup. If they were playing team, you know, for instance, like Memphis or something this season where, you know, there would be more of an emphasis on the uh, the front court play and the banging down low rather than a team like Golden State or, uh, you know, in Oklahoma City that's trying to get up and down the floor, you know, Al's minutes would probably fluctuate depending on the uh, the situation. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think a lot of that will depend on really what he has in mind for the, you know, kind of like the winding down of his career uh, this summer. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's kind of what we've seen so far. I mean, you know, it has been a little situational. Even before he went out, obviously, at the start of the year, you saw some of that. So, I mean, I think you're right. We mentioned this last week. It's probably going to come down to, you know, kind of what Al wants to do. I don't think the team is in any area of concern as far as we don't want this guy here or he's like, you know, a troublemaker or anything like that. So um, those discussions are going to be interesting, but I think that's, I think that, you know, that's headed in the right way to play out as you discussed, because they're going to have to come to some sort of agreement because, you know, it's not going to play out moving forward as it has been, you know, from the time he got here. So it'll be something to watch. Yeah. Mike, Al Jefferson, he's, he's playing with, playing groups that he that he's not necessarily used to playing with and he's certainly probably not used to to not being the sole focus of an offense how important is it for Al Jefferson to I don't know prove that he can play with with a different set of guys in these bench players I'm talking about Frank Kaminsky Jeremy Lin a different kind of ball handler than than slightly different kind of ball handler than Kimball Walker how important is that for Al? Yeah, I think that's, you know, really important, especially going forward, uh, you know, since, as you mentioned, he might not be playing, uh, you know, in the starting unit with the guys he's used to. So, you know, his ability to, to demonstrate that he's versatile and can really kind of mold his game. You know, I think a lot of us think of him as not not necessarily a one-dimensional guy, but, you know, a guy that's pretty limited as far as what he can do uh, on both ends of the floor. And I, I think if he can... You know, not obviously he's not going to revolutionize and change his game or anything at this late, you know, later stage in his career. But if he can just show that he can be versatile 
and, you know, uh, get up and down the floor and maybe move on defense and just change, you know, do what he's needed to do on offense without necessarily being a focal point. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's used to getting, as you guys mentioned earlier in the show, getting touches uh, consistently with the first team, you know, having an offense ran through him. And I just don't think that's going to be the case uh, going forward for this season and, uh, you know, definitely beyond if he remains with the Hornets. And I, I think, uh, you know, for the rest of this season, if he can demonstrate that, you know, he can, you know, kind of get it, get in where he fits in, as they say, uh, and just, you know, make the most of the opportunity. I, I think that'll go a long way and maybe like, you know, giving us an indication of how we could, you know, fit with the team going forward. He's a, he's a smart player. You know, he's been around for a while. He has a high, you know, a pretty high basketball IQ. So I think he, uh, I don't think he'd be the type of guy that would continue to demand, you know, like to be the, the focal point of an offense. If he, you know, can clearly see that, if, you know, other things are working well, you know, if the team has something good going on, I don't, I don't think he would be the type of player that would, you know, demand, you know, I want this many touches or else, and it, it could, would, like, sort of cause a problem. So, uh, you know, I think all of that will go a long way in determining his future, you know, in, in Charlotte going forward. Yeah, you mentioned defense. What have you seen defensively out of him in these past two games? What, does he look improved? Does he look spryer? What do you, what do you think there? I mean, these past two games, it's a little bit tough. I think in general, he definitely looks prior. You guys mentioned uh, earlier, uh, right before I came on, that he had you know, lost some weight or, uh, you know, to start the season. I think I remember reading uh, an article from uh, Rick in the Charlotte Observer about that he just strictly cut out fried chicken out of his diet, and that accounted for him losing like 20 or 30 pounds. It'll help. Which is you know, pretty remarkable if he was eating that, that much fried chicken. But I think he does it's look delicious. quicker on, on his feet a little bit. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I think he looks a little bit quicker and more nimble on his feet a, a little bit, definitely without that weight. Uh, like I think he's looked a little bit rusty and a, a slightly slow as far as decision-making the past couple of games. Uh, but at the same time, he hasn't really had you know only uh, 15 minutes against the Lakers, uh, 17, 18 against Memphis. Uh, there hasn't really been a ton of opportunity to critique him on those two games. But I think in general... He he looks a little bit less, uh, you know, stationary down there, and I think that'll serve him very well going forward. Uh, you know, especially on defense, if he can be a little bit more nimble and provide some help uh, down down in the post. Mike, before we get you out of here, we're gonna we're going to talk about our favorite moments of 2015 for the Hornets. Do you have one? Just because it's fresh in my mind, and you know, I, I watched entirely last night. I'm going to go with uh, the game last night. I thought it was, you know, just, uh, for two different accounts. You know, of course, it was Kobe's last, uh, you know, last hurrah in Charlotte. The team that uh, you know, he didn't want to play for to draft them. And uh, you know, although the night was Kobe's, uh, you know, off the court, it was Kevin's on the court, and I thought that was kind of just a, a cool transition. You know, they they posed together before the game and afterwards. Uh, you know, in the huddle. You uh, Kobe was overheard telling Kemba to, you know, keep it rolling, young fella. But it was kind of just a cool passing the torch-ish kind of moment. You know, Kemba got the best of Kobe and just really balled out last night. Uh, you know, I thought it was a great time for him going forward. And, uh, you know, I thought the city gave a nice farewell to one of the games, you know, greatest recent players in Kobe Bryant. Awesome, Mike. Thanks for joining us, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Always appreciate it. Always good, good stuff from Mike there. Follow him on Twitter at the real Mike KB, and you can read his stuff on QueenCityHoops.com. You know what's interesting, real quick, Doug. Yes. Last thing on Al is as he looks around the league at other options. You know the league is going away from his style of 
you know, dominating inside post press. Not to say that it's completely gone away and those guys can't still be effective, but as he's looking around for other options, it's it seems like it's a little more limited maybe than it would have been for instance, when he came here, I mean, so many teams are going to this style that Charlotte is with the up tempo. So if he's looking around saying, well, what, what, you know, what team am I going to go to that's a championship team that can fit me in there? It seems like the options may be more limited this time around. Not necessarily. He could still find a good fit. It's just interesting the way the game is moving, the way the league is going towards the Warriors uh, yeah. style. Well, I think his game is shifting. I don't, I don't think that's unfair to say. I don't think he's doing the same types of things in the limited sample set that we have this season than he was doing two years ago. There's less, you know, spins around the baseline to the basket. There's less, you know, 10-second back downs. There's more push shots. There's more jump shots and moving around and rolling off of, you know, pick-and-pop type of things in the mid-range with Kemba. Right. I, I think that Al Jefferson's offensive struggles so far have been about, you know, he's he's used to playing in Charlotte with Kemba. And I don't think he's used to playing with multiple ball handlers. So when you get him with Lynn and Kemba or Lynn and Lamb, I think that's where the adjustments has to happen because you have multiple guys who can who can make plays. So there, there's naturally going to be less action going to Al Jefferson. And I think he's got to find ways to melt more into the offense or, or sort of sense when the play is going to come to him and, and when he needs to to help make plays for other people. I do think defensively he looks improved. I think he's moving around much more and he seems to be giving much more of a commitment. There were a few instances before he uh, suffered this injury that Clifford really got into him about defense and didn't really didn't single him out in the media, but all but all but did. You know, it was clear that that Al Jefferson wasn't giving a hundred percent on defense, and I think this absence may have—I don't want to say lit a fire, but I mean it, it looks like he is giving much more of a commitment on defense, and and I think he's going to have to do that because again, I don't I don't know that he's a twenty point. 10 rebound guy anymore yeah so you're going to have to find ways to affect the game and something he can do probably more efficiently in in fewer minutes yeah exactly yeah he's going to yeah he's going to have to pick spots and this is a weird uh, i think it's going to be a weird time for al jefferson although i do think he'll be back into the starting lineup yeah i do too the, the minutes won't be there the minutes aren't going to be 35 37 a night but He's going to get. I think he's going to get back into the starting lineup. I think you're right. It'll be interesting. It's it's one of those things to watch for. Certainly after this season ends, and um, you know, keep an eye on. I, I I don't know. It's you never know what could happen. It looks like Charlotte's going to be in the thick of this thing for the duration. So it's not going to be a situation where the season's over. You know, long before the trade deadline or anything like that. So if you're talking about you know looking to ship him out before the before the end of the season. Um, who knows what can happen, but it certainly seems like they're going to try and try and figure this out for the duration of this season and, and then see what can happen. By the way, we may get an announcement on the Greensboro D-League name during this show. If we do... Are you then, feeling, are you feeling we'll more it. or less nervous than during our, our draft night <laughs> show? Uh, I think the D-League is a very important step for the Hornets, but I'm I'm not sure that the branding... I'm not sure how 
it's not amped I am. It's, it's not, not that big a deal. No, I, <laughs> and, you know, if it, ha- I think my least favorite of the names, uh, and I think uh, there have been some people that have that don't necessarily understand attack. So the, the names we've heard are Greensboro Buzz, Swarm, Sting, Attack. Mm-hmm. But I think I can be sold on attack. I just have we, you know, we have yet to see, you know, any kind of logos or anything. I, I don't know. Maybe I could be sold on attack. At the game the other night, I may or may not have uh, made the, uh, the they should just call them the Greensboro Bobcats to a Hornets uh, official. <laughs> And the look that I received on the other probably end of that the same one you're getting right now. Very from similar. Me. Yes. Oh, uh, so uh, that that's out. I think we can say that's out. Good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our, our favorite moments of 2015. You could definitely include the fact that the Hornets are getting a D League yeah, team. That's, that's an important one. step in the development of this franchise. What are what are what was your number one favorite moment of or it could be a moment or it could be a group of moments because mine's kind of a group of moments. You know, one of the most memorable moments for me was the MKG uh, press conference when he signed his extension. This was like in the mm-hmm. right before the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an emotional press conference. I think Kemba was there. But MKG said a lot. It was just something that stuck out in my mind. It was obviously a good step forward. What did it symbolize for you? Well, it symbolized, uh, you know, obviously their commitment to him. Um, and, you know, the growth of that guy who we're all huge fans of um, on mm-hmm. the court and off. But, I mean, that was just a, a special – it seemed like a special moment at the time. And, obviously, uh, it was – unfortunate that he's out for the season and, and that's been horrible but that was a cool moment and uh but actually that just popped in my mind the, the biggest thing for me i think was the uh signing of steve clifford that's your number one i think so, so i far. love that and i didn't even write that one down there's so many i think there have been a lot of great moments as this franchise starts to it's over the whole excitement about getting the hornets name back and now it's in this phase of where is this franchise going? Can they be a legitimate playoff contender? They're obviously not looking to tank, so they're looking to get into that top four sphere. Hornets had a great start to this year, providing some hope. So there have been a lot of great moments of 2015, but I'm going to take it all the way back, and I've, we've already talked about this a little bit. I'm going to take it all the way back to the beginning of January. The Hornets uh, would win eight of nine games to go from 10 and 24 to 18 and 25 and essentially save the season. Now, they didn't end up making the playoffs, but I think it represents what this franchise has been about since Steve Clifford. We'll go back to Clifford. Since Clifford has been here, which is about not giving up, about being resilient, and, 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 you know, what he always says, you know, playing with with a purpose. This, This franchise has always had a purpose. And that's exciting when you're a fan of the team. And, and, and I think, too, when you cover the team, it's nice to cover a team that has a, a direction and, and they're they're following yeah. through with that direction. That's a real team. Yeah, that's in the conversation. That's, yeah. that's going to be in the mix. I mean, it's odd for me, I think, that, um, uh, you know, on-court moments didn't immediately pop into my head, which makes sense, I guess, if you think about the, the last part of, of, of last season. You know, last season was, was a struggle. It was a bumpy ride. It was a struggle for everyone. Um, and then this season, oddly, though, you know, it's been obviously more successful. The beginning of last season had so many buzzer beaters that that most of them ended up not going the Hornets' way. But those were memorable. You know, Kimba shot um, at the beginning of last season. And there was a lot of those games early on where you could point to a game that was super exciting. Um, 
you know, as a memorable one and, and that you thought might be the sign of, of bigger things to come. This season's just been more of a steady, positive play and, and good wins. I mean, the Memphis win was huge. Um, but but for me, it's just been the growth of the franchise with things like the Clifford signing, MKG extension. And this um, and this year has been a lot – this season, I should say, has been a lot about consistency of play. Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of great moments that headlined. This was technically 2014, but that headlined the beginning of last season, Lance Stevenson hitting that three. Or, oh or even gosh. the trade yeah. to get Lance Stevenson. But this year, I think, has been much more about trying to find guys who are – committed to to taking their game to another level. And we've seen Kimball Walker do that this season. Yep. We've seen Nick Batum do that this season. And we've seen Jeremy Lamb for a stretch do that. And also about playing consistently, about being able to give your 20 minutes and, and know that you're going to provide X, Y, and Z. Uh, but a couple of other moments stand out in my mind. Obviously, the day, the day Lance Stevenson got traded, that was a big, yeah. that was a big moment, I think, because it excised a big mistake from 2014 or something that didn't work out. And you had the Nick Batum trade as well. Yep. And a lot, uh, it was that wasn't a huge moment when it happened. I think that was more of a confused moment. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a Yeah, I think there was deal. certainly there was a side that was very excited about it. I think we were um anticipating good things from that trade, but that's another one of those things that, you know, the draft and the summer seemed like such a such a body blow all summer long because of the Winslow stuff, the Godfather offer from Danny Ainge, all of the flack that the Hornets took from the draft leading up to the start of the season for all of these decisions that, by the way, have turned out to be pretty good mm-hmm. for the most part. And you got Spencer Hawes uh, for Lance Stevenson. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, again, you got something. You got something, right. For nothing. Yeah. And Nick Batum has been, you know, He's he's dipped a little of of late, but I mean, just transcendent as far as what they were looking for from that position. Well, and you want guys who, if the shooting falls away, have alternative ways to affect a game, and that's Nick Batum down to a T, because he's going to find ways to distribute to other guys. He's going to you know set screens, go for loose balls. That kind of that kind of thing. Play good defense. He's a two way player, right? And so you assemble those type of guys, and you assemble multiple types of of those that caliber of player in the hopes that if guy A and guy B have a tough shooting night, guy C and guy D are going to shoot well, and, and everybody contributes. And that kind of again, that kind of consistency offensively, that has not been no. what. Charlotte basketball has been about and this season has finally delivered that so and it delivered a triple double performance from Nick Batum so that was another if you're talking about one game one moment that stands out from 2015 the triple double from Nick Batum when did Lance Stevenson he was triple double king did he have a triple double when he was with the Hornets did that ever happen no (laughs) I'm gonna check the numbers on that now do you think Kemba has pulled ahead of Nick Batum. If you're going to pick an All Star from this team, I don't want to. I'm not. I don't know if either one of them will make it on there. But we talked a lot about Nick Batum. You know, when the Hornets were in second place, All Star nod. But you know, Kemba has got to be right there. I think so, and I don't know if it's more about just Kemba versus Nick. 
and we're certainly not talking about importance to the team or anything. I mean, All Star is all about sort of individual, yeah, kind of deals. But I think when you look at the talent pool at the the you know wing guard position, and and I know that they don't pick it forward. Like, yeah, I know that or well, yeah. Well, he's, actually, I, I think is he's he in guard. I think he's qualified as a guard. Yeah. So they and I know are. they they don't pick it like that, but I think you automatically or or subconsciously you you compare him to other shooting guards and I think there's a there's not as deep a pool of point guards so if Kimba were to sneak in on a coach's pick I, I think it's easier for him to sneak in with the you know w- w- against a wall Lowry Isaiah Thomas what well, that's tough that's, a that's tough, gonna be tough I mean but but I think it's even tougher when you look at guards or or if he were to because right now it's I think the vote is Kyrie right well yeah I think but I think the vote, the Hornets wide. I think it's Nick and Jeremy. Lin. Jeremy Lin is is number, is number, is number one, one and as far Nick, as Hornets go. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it's going to have to be a coach's decision. And, and there's time left. I think that's an important a lot of time. Left, there's yeah. the, the that's an important thing to to note as well. That and again, I go back to that my favorite moment that beginning of January of this year. Kimba had thirty plus in three games, and then could have had. 30-plus in five games, missed it by a couple of points the next two nights. So he's capable of putting together all-star type numbers for stretches, not just one game here, one game there. He's capable of doing it. And and that was the start, I think, that stretch in January was the start where you and I both on the show discussed it like, this guy, and and I don't say this lightly, because I think it's a trait that not all NBA players have. But he has that ability to say, all right, I got this. It's that Cam Newton like head shake before he goes and right. throws a game winning drive together. Well he want he wants to be he wants to be in that position. And we've seen it in the past two victories. Kimba has been able to say, All right, fourth quarter, my time, I got yeah, this. Yeah. And that's what I think, you know, um there's been a lot of discussion. And I don't Kimba think you can be win. an all star unless you have that quality. I just want to get that in. I don't I don't think you can be an all star unless you have that thing that it quality well, <laughs> you're, well, see, you're all-star king so yeah, I, I mean i love this we discussion. could give we could get back over it and find plenty of, you know interesting picks for the all-star but I, I know what you're saying i mean to have that spark to have to be the guy on the team which kimba clearly is i mean he does not get enough credit for how hard he goes i don't think i mean i think he gets the credit but but he he is the smallest guy on the floor most nights and and and, and during most games. So he's been uh, having a lot more success going to the basket this year. The jump that he's made is, is really what we've been looking for as far as percentages shooting-wise. And it's been it's been great to see that he can still be that leader, you know, off the court, be a captain, and then go out there and can, affect the game with his play. It's, it's great. Can you think of an all-star recently that you would not say, oh, that guy has the ability to take a fourth quarter and just backbreak it? Recently? Because I think about... Yeah, I'm just thinking of Hornets here. I so mean, I mean, oh well, no, um, I, no, I was saying like I think back two years ago when I thought that Al Jefferson put together an All Star worthy campaign. Yeah, and again, I, I say that Al Jefferson in 2010. I mean, would you say Gerald Wallace or 2012. can do that? Yeah, I think yeah. during that season. Yeah. yeah, not not as a player overall. That's I'm yeah. not saying legacy. I'm saying when they are selected as an All Star. They have the ability to completely transform a game. 
Yeah, I mean, no shots at Gerald. It just popped into my head because he's the only guy from Charlotte that's that's been an All Star. But you know, like, yeah, okay. I mean, in that season, you have to you have to get recognized for your play. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Let me give an update on the D League name unveiling. It. I'm. Refer- I don't think we're gonna make it. Well, it's, it's happening in moments, according to Taresh M. Moore here on Twitter. So, again, we're standing by. Uh, tune in to atthehive.com on Twitter, uh, at underscore hive underscore, or at underscore the underscore hive for those well, instant updates. The Hornets D-League team already has a Twitter handle, which they'll have to change, obviously. Um, I was looking. I was doing the thing. I was doing the thing where I like was looking at page source and seeing if it was accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched I've watched hackers too many times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do have some sort of a crowd up there. Uh yeah. DJ uh Oh, uh, Lamb and PJ Hairston. Lamb there. and PJ are there. How do you think Lamb got picked for that? Short straw. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just, no. No, I mean I just, you know. No, I think I I think it's cool. I again, I I think that getting a D League team this is big. Is I mean, so we've essential. been talking about this forever. I'm, I'm not, you know, we're not taking shots at this. This, this is this is a big deal. Because if the, I think if the Hornets had a legitimate D League team, I'm not saying it would be any different, but it could have been different with Noah Vonley had the Hornets had a D League team that they could control and say, okay, you're going to get these minutes and do these things and play this yeah position. You know, when you don't have that control, it becomes vastly less useful as a tool, as a development tool. Yeah, I think it's key, and they have to do it to uh, to to just signal that they're they're not slipping behind the times. I mean, certainly they're not. You don't want to say they're out in front of this trend because there's plenty of teams that have a one one to one affiliation. But if you're not moving in that direction, if you're not making that commitment, that would be a concern. Still waiting on that name unveil. I want to go to Twitter here because we do have a few. So, um, the suited monk eighty eight on Twitter saying uh, his one of his favorite moments from the year: Lynn scoring thirty five as a starter, leading to a big win in overtime. Of course, against the Toronto Raptors, both Lynn and Kemba playing well in that game. Yeah. And again, it's that points to this revolution. The revolution in my mind hasn't been the increase in three-point shots it's been the ability to get those three-point shots and that all has to do with having multiple playmakers having multiple ball handlers you can't when you put three ball handlers it's almost it's it's impossible to guard everyone sorry it's time for the reveal said the hornets deal at hornets dealing are you right i'm ready do you have it the lights are down do you have it i don't have it oh do you have it (laughs) oh sorry I'm, just, I'm hitting refresh over here, like it's oh, I see. Yeah, okay, here we go. Is it? What's your last guess? Out, I'm gonna say Sting. I feel like it's going to be Attack. Okay. I honestly, do I, I think it's they? Maybe they want something different. Are these official? Someone on Twitter asking, are these official options or just three you put out there? No, these were NBA D League uh, trademark applications. Were for Greensboro Buzz, Greensboro Attack, Greensboro Sting, and Greensboro Swarm. So that's on the U.S. trademark website. They were applied for by the NBA D League. So that's this is that's central. Where, this is central. that's where that information. <laughs> We've no, become a bit uh, no. It's like it's like we're, here. No, it's like we're coming. We're we're covering breaking news for once. It's it's kind of nice. 
Uh, but yeah, so those were our favorite moments of 2015. If you have any more, let us know. We'll we'll try to read them here before we. I really want to talk about it. At least give some closing comments before we head out. It has so. been a big. I mean, I think the China trip was huge. All of the signings, all of the offseason moves, Lynn, Batum, especially Jeremy Lamb. I mean, um, it's been great to see. They, they've all just kind of snowballed on each other, and, and they've had good things happen. You know, with each of those players. So, uh, 2015. 16 is shaping up to be a lot better than 2014-15, if you know what I'm saying. Well, there's a lot more promise, but the the stronger Eastern Conference, you have to wonder, will that Eastern Conference hold up? Or will they just get stronger and the Hornets are going to have to compete? I mean, 17... If, if, if the Hornets had had 17 wins last season going into January, you know, or, or you know, being 17 and 13 at this point last season would have been amazing. This yeah. season, it's 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 less so. And again, you go into this January with you know, two four game road trips, and I, luckily for the Hornets, they've played well against Western Conference teams, so they have a good record against the Western Conference. The Western Conference is weaker this season, and I believe they have the one of the first Western Conference games is against the Phoenix Suns. That team is completely imploding. Lost to the Sixers the other night. I mean, just that's that's just a weird situation. You got towels being thrown at the head coach. Uh, assistant coaches being fired right off the bench. I mean um just literally ejected out of their assistant coach. Seat. <laughs> just mid game, excuse me. We just sold this seat. You're gonna have to get up. You know, sometimes these road trips can be a bonding bonding trip for for teams like this and maybe for the hornets to get out of this little it just they, they seem to be a little sluggish uh coming back from some of these holiday games so maybe getting on the road a little bit and and getting some of that some of that uh chemistry rolling again now that it's been bad but you know th- this can be a good time for a team to, to take a jump and getting some of those west coast wins would be it would be a real boost this reminds me of the draft show that we did the this live is so draft much, special. We, but is so see except we don't <laughs> we don't have one thing we're waiting well for. we don't have Woj. that's the problem we don't have Woj yeah. here is he not is he not in greensboro it's weird i don't know him? he's well he's busy with his new vertical podcast which i suggest you listen to great you know, basketball information, insider stuff. There. I think we're going to have to stay. I mean, we're going to have to hold no, on. I, I have uh, to. Is... No, we've we've pubbed it too much at this point. We can't not talk about it. It's got to happen here in the next couple of minutes. And I want to. I want to at least give again some closing thoughts on on the name. I yeah, I'm excited. I'm just excited that Greensboro gets basketball. Greensboro was my choice, by the way. I wanted that to be because I felt like they already had the facilities. It, it's it ties. You know, there's always been this divide in North Carolina between college basketball and pro basketball. And you have fans of one or the other. And I think this is a cool way to split the difference and maybe bring some of those college basketball fans a little closer to the pro game, give them a little bit of a taste of it, and, you know, maybe win some some college basketball fans over to, you know, you're not putting it in Raleigh, you're not putting it in Durham. But but again, you're splitting the difference. Also, we should make, while we're waiting... We haven't talked about P.J. Ayrston at all this show, which is odd because he's always a hot topic and he's played really well as of late. Do you think that this will this play will continue into 2016? Because he's 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 had a couple of bumps in the road, but but yeah. even even in these two wins, seems to be finding his footing on offense. And once that becoming shots, a factor, yeah. I mean that's huge. Yeah, once that shot starts to fall for him, I mean that's. 
that's all he needed. And it, you know, it's not a problem with him form wise or anything like that, but um, you know, he was put out there as the guy to say, Hey, body up the other guy's number one option on, on offense, you know, be that for us. Don't worry about anything else. And so let's not forget. I mean, that that's, that's a big adjustment for him. One being put in the starting lineup uh, and be, just being asked a lot more of he's being asked to do a lot more than certainly he ever did last year. Uh, it's still very early in the season and to get the praise that he did from and has from Clifford thus far for his defense, you know, not for his offense, because, I mean, you would have thought if he's going to contribute for this team, it's going to be on offense. And that hasn't been the case at all. And so that's a bonus. I mean, if he's going to give you that on defense, you got to feel like at some point the offense will come around. Maybe that's what we're starting to see the beginning of here. So, I mean, that would be that would be a big boost for a team that, you know, when uh, MKG went down, there was so much shuffling. Who knew who was going to step up? And really, you've had Lynn at separate times. You've had Lamb step up. You've had, obviously, Batum. And now you got P.J. Hairston. So it's just another guy they can put at the wing. And Lynn, of course, has played there, too. So it's uh, and, and, it's and, been a good development. Yeah, and P.J.'s confident, and he's getting his reps. He's a, he, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's getting his reps when he knows he can. Because yeah. he played 19 minutes. He got 12 shots up. He got 13 points, 5 of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 from beyond the arc. Not terrible. But there, there's not a lot, other than that outside shooting, there hasn't been a lot of development in his game in terms of rebounding or assists. So I think nah. there, there's a next evolution. And I think also just, I mean, he's he's going out there and letting them rip again. And, and luckily they're, they're, they're going in. Mm-hmm. But what if they don't? And I think that's a question that he has to ask himself is, is how does he spread this offense around? Are oh you, my gosh, they are really milking this thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, they they they're let's see. Oh, they just tweeted um Art Rage is beginning to paint the new Hornets D League team name. Hey, listen. Oh, okay, okay. They're painting it. It looks kind of like It looks like a, it looks like the bat signal. Well, it kind of looks like the the current Hornets logo. Yeah, you got the stinger. Got the, the stinger, you know. It, it looks like that that similar shape. And I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll say this, like we're stressing about it because we're already in overtime and we want to know the name, <laughs> but it is cool that they're putting this kind of effort into the team. It's not, you know, I don't think you want your D league team to be an afterthought. You know, you want it to be something that again, as I said before, it will introduce the Hornets to a, an audience that, that isn't going to you know, automatically drive to Charlotte. I mean, that's what, that's an hour and a, that's hour 45, two hours. Yeah. So, you know, getting, getting NBA basketball spread a little more evenly throughout this state. And I know, gosh, the, the folks in Asheville wanted it really bad. I'm just curious of what the pace for Art Rages is here. Like, is she, how fast is she going? I mean, because we're getting a still picture. At the Hive tweeting, I see a honeycomb. It's B-related. Oh man, yeah, Kurt. I'm uh, Kurt tweeting us. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, when we talked about that play, the the overpass uh, horns play, uh, Kurt doing some humans work and getting that gift pulled together that we tweeted earlier, and and we gave him a shout out on the tweet too. But yeah, Kurt, longtime listener, thanks for for putting that together for us because uh, unfortunately the the rebroadcast that that I was able to obtain was of the Lakers broadcast and they did not did dump. They? Well, they didn't dump out of their stupid uh, Larry Nance package 
soon enough, and and I I couldn't see the the overpass. <laughs> the dumb Larry Nance Jr. package. He played well, but just dump out of the pack. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm big on I'm big on production value because I'm in video production. A lot of people talking. We we really haven't talked about the MJ to Kobe message. Look, that was a. I thought that was a nice message. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I have the choice of being at the Lakers Hornets games or being in the Bahamas, I'm probably going to go to the Bahamas. Yeah. So if if you missed it, if you haven't seen it on the internet, which it's hard to miss because you've got Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, those are two if huge you, you Google haven't, you haven't been on the words. <laughs> yeah. You haven't been on the internet today. But MJ uh, taped a special message to Kobe Bryant when he when he visited Charlotte. Uh, for his final game in Charlotte, and it was a he filmed it remotely, I guess, and it was green screened. It was green screen, right? It was totally it was green, screen. green screen. That's not a yeah. I mean, I don't. That's not that wasn't hard to ascertain. But yeah, I thought it was a good message, and I don't think there's any problem with him not coming to the Gosh, game. Like, no. why, how, why like, would what? you even? It's not his retirement ceremony. No, and 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 we know that they have a little bit of weird. Like, I mean, Michael may have called it brotherhood, but it seems like to everyone else that they have sort of a weird animosity towards one another's legacies, at least. If not, if they like each other personally, I don't know if they really care for each other's because they want to be better than the other. Right. So, or they want to be viewed as better than the other. Perfectly fine. But no, it was it was a good it was a good message. You got to be like. Why is he not there? And blah, blah blah. I mean, come on! It's during the holidays. All right, here we go. We got it. We <laughs> He's got a it. Billionaire. Are you ready for this? The name of the Hornets D League team will be the Greensboro Swarm. Was that a was that a wild card? Yeah. No, no. It was. was, it, was on the, it was on the list. It was Swarm Buzz Sting Attack. Greensboro Swarm. Let that sink. Let that wash over you. Again, look. If they weren't going to name it Greensboro Hornets. And and keep it sort of like Major League Baseball, yep. Farm League style, which some teams in the D-League do, I think, and then some don't. I like this. I like that you keep it in the in the family. You've got – and here's, here's a, like a little kind of insidery wrinkle is that there already is kind of an internet presence with Greensboro Buzz. It wouldn't have been big as, as you know, a D-League team, but it was like a – uh, a blog that talked about things going on in Greensboro. So there would have been some sort of brand mix up, I think, or, or I don't know, but I, I, I like swarm. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Twitter. Let, us, just, know if, let us know if you were there and you saw art just I'm seeing the logo now. So the logo is very similar to the Hornets logo. It's got the ball for the stinger and, or the stinger coming out of the basketball shape. Uh, and it's got the same kind of typeset where you have the stinger coming out of the R, the S, the W. It's it's just coming out in different places. I mean, well, well, I'll talk. I think more about this on Saturday and give a, a little bit more information on this. But again, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Greensboro Swarm, that's the new the new name of the D League team. And you know, I think, like I said, I, I like the fact that you keep it in the Hornets brand atmosphere. Your thoughts? It looks good. It looks good. Now, we'll be on the air for the two-hour unveiling of the uniforms uh, next week. <laughs> I'll see I'm just kidding. Good job. Good uh, no, job, yeah. Hornets. It looks good. Uh, it stays on brand, and uh, you know, it's a good step in the right direction. 
I'm rolling it off my tongue. And Greensboro it sounds swarm because Greensboro buzz that that did roll off the tongue. I thought very well, but Greensboro swarm, very uh, good. I see what he's saying. Greensboro's warm. Oh, Greensboro's warm. Uh, nah, it's, I, Greensboro's swarm. Nobody says. I rarely say warm. Charlotte Hornets. I say I'm going to watch the swarm. Hornets. The, sw- the swarm go- game. Let's go to the swarm game. You're going to the swarm game. That's that. <laughs> you know, we'll get it, used to it. We'll you, get used to well, it. Well, listen, I I, uh, I I like that they kept it in the family. So, all right. After uh, uh, much uh, uh, ballyhoo about the the D League team, we'll talk more about it on Saturday, I think, and we'll be back for that. And then, of course, David rejoins me on Tuesdays as he always does uh, for another edition of Hive Talk Live. We'll be in the new year by then, so uh, we'll we'll have to again uh, be careful about signing our checks. <laughs> uh, thanks to our guest Michael Kasky Blomain from QueenCityHoops.com. That'll do it for us. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live for live game updates and much more. Go to atthehive.com for all the latest news and analysis for David. Uh, and Nick, we wish him well. He'll be back in a couple weeks. Producer Katie, I'm Doug saying stay bought in, stay believing, all hail the teal and purple.